Well, hello, and welcome to the Partner Connection. This is Dell Technologies Partner Program podcast, and I'm Cheryl Cook. And today I'm super excited to be speaking with Ann Handley. Ann is the owner of Market and Profs and holds the greatest position of the world's first chief content officer at her marketing training and education company with a huge following of over 600,000 subscribers. She's a writer, she's a digital marketing pioneer, she's a Wall Street Journal bestselling author who inspires me and others and empowers many to create the marketing that your customers will love, igniting genuine real results for your business. So you might remember Anne, we had her on stage with us at our Global Partner Summit at Dell Technologies World in Las Vegas a few years ago. She was amazing and engaging and she just has so much insight and knowledge to share around content marketing and what's real and what makes it work for your business. And we felt it was perfect timing to invite her back again to join us on the podcast and talk. So welcome, Anne. It's so great to see you again or hear from you again. Oh, my goodness, Cheryl. Uh, that was such a generous introduction. Thank you so much. And um, and yes, I had such a great time with all of you at the Global Partners Summit in Vegas a few years ago. It feels like it was yesterday, but what you said a few years, I was like, was it? I think it was. It was a few years ago. I know. I've described this pandemic as a bit of a time warp. You know, mm. some things feel 10 minutes and some things feel 10 years. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Is that true? Yes, it's absolutely true. Some years feel like dog years, you know, seven years to a single year. And like you said, other times it feels like it was just 10 minutes ago. So I know. I know. Well, this topic is grown to be a bit of a passion for me. And I think all of us have been navigating the last couple of years of reality in this a bit extraordinary and unusual circumstances when we're all remote, we're all working from home. And now, of course, we're seeing a little light at the end of the tunnel, and we're going to be gathering again in person, which is fantastic. But the context of digital marketing has probably never been more relevant and critical. So Tell us a little bit about how you view the new world we find ourselves in, particularly as it comes to digital marketing and matters of digital selling. We can talk a little bit about what's changed, but specific for our listeners who are all of our partners, what should they be doing differently? And if you could help us think about maybe three main buckets or three key takeaways just in this reality we find ourselves in. Yeah, I like how you phrase that. I do think that this is a whole new world that we find ourselves doing business in. If we go back to 2020, to the very start of the pandemic, when everything shut down, we found ourselves almost overnight as B2B businesses thinking, oh my gosh, where do we go from here? What do we do now? No more trade shows, no more in-person conversations, no more meet and greets or dinners or any of those things that used to be the way, the vehicle to connect with our B2B customers, right? So given that's all shut down, you know, where do we go from here? And so I think at that point, we realized, well, we need to really accelerate this whole online digital component of our marketing. Digital transformation is one of those big words that we talk about a lot. But essentially what that means is, connecting with your customers, with your prospects, with people in your audience through digital channels instead of greeting them at trade shows. And so, yeah, I do think that it falls into a few different buckets that relates to where we've been and kind of where we're going. Number one is those changes to the digital world, you know, how we are connecting with buyers as businesses, 
is different. And I think that's continuing even in a post-pandemic world when, as you said, things, yes, are opening up. But I think that digital component of how we're connecting with customers and with prospects is here to stay. And the second reason I think it fuels the first one, which is that the second bucket, I guess, is that buyers are different now. We always said that they did a whole lot more research before they raised their hands as buyers, but I think that's especially true now in a post-pandemic world. And more broadly, too, the way that we are doing the work within marketing would be the third bucket, I think, is really changing as well. You mentioned Marketing Profs, my training and education company, and every year we do a survey of the B2B marketers who are in our community. And the most recent survey at the end of 2021 We asked them, you know, what's changed in this world and how do we prepare for the future? And they told us content is definitely much more on our minds. We are using it much more strategically, not only to attract people top of funnel, so to speak, in the marketing world, but all throughout to nurture, to engage and to build loyalty long term. We also found that increasingly we're seeing more of a connection between sales and marketing using content, right? Because again, in a world where we couldn't just default to in-person meetings, that means that how do we connect sales and marketing? I think content is key to that. So really being very proactive in how we're using content and how it connects marketing to sales. So I know those are all big buckets, but those are some of the things that I'm seeing at a high level. You're right in my wheelhouse and I probably am guilty just by my own personal experiences. I have over 30 years of sales experience before I stepped into strong marketing. And I describe it as the handshake between marketing and sales. Like the handshake has never been tighter. And I think it's all about personalized experiences. So at the end of the day, if we can achieve in delivering a personalized experience to our customer or prospect, it actually makes our sellers more productive. It helps our sellers engage in a relevant conversation. So it has so many tangible business benefits on shortening sales cycles, acceleration to revenue, happier customers. It's just a phenomenal opportunity actually right now. So how do you think about it in the context of, with that kind of in mind, digital selling? We're having to kind of educate our sales teams and sales partners to engage and be present digitally as much as they've also been doing. Yeah, I think, you know, a few words or a two words you said just a minute ago, I think is what comes to mind for me immediately. And it's really focusing on that customer experience. I think that handshake, as you put it, between sales and marketing, and by the way, I think a handshake is a very 2022 way to phrase it as opposed to like a hug, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't do that anymore. We can't <laughs> do that. You know, no more hugs. No more hugs until we're all clear. Um, I'm joking. <laughs> but I think really thinking about your sales and marketing functions and those two the opportunity that I think we have to work together in sales and in marketing to create a more robust customer experience for all the reasons that you just detailed so beautifully. And, you know, from a marketing standpoint, I find that often there's a lot of confusion around, well, what does that actually mean? What is customer experience? You know, that feels a little amorphous, you know, it feels a little vague. But in my mind, what it means is delivering a seamless connection through all the parts of your business. So for example, from the hand raiser, from the so-called top of the funnel, when you first become aware of a potential prospect, 
all the way to post-sale and then what happens to build loyalty post-sale. So I think it's really thinking about things from a customer standpoint. And we talk a lot about that in marketing, but I think it's never been more critical and important as it is now for all the reasons that you talked about, because it does have real tangible business outcomes. There's no question that I always say if I'm a personal sample size of one on my own personal buying behavior at home, right? And how my expectations have changed with the online experiences I'm having, our B2B world wants the same, you know, and they just want us to get them, right? So it's really about how can we be as informed and knowledgeable on how to anticipate but respond in an authentic way to helping them solve their problems. Particularly when you look at the way we've had to adjust and we're working arguably more efficient and productive than anyone would have ever imagined when you look at the results we're able to achieve while we're all working remotely. But we have had to adapt a little bit. And when we look at these digital channels and ways with which we get informed and educated and connect, you talk a lot about the power of storytelling. And in marketing, we've all said we're ultimately storytellers, right? It's how do we represent our brand? How do we represent our offerings, our capabilities? And we very much have been thinking about what we do and who we are. So share a little bit about how you feel storytelling in the marketplace today has changed or has grown in significance and what you think about when you talk about storytelling. That word storytelling often makes marketers go directly to format, right? How do we construct a story? We go immediately into like, what's the template for a story? How do we actually put one together? But I think in some ways, we just need to take a deep breath and relax and realize that when you talk about storytelling in a marketing context, or even more broadly in a business context, I think really what it means is connecting emotionally with the people who matter most to your business. That's it. Like that's at its fundamental core. That's really what storytelling does. So in other words, it's less about the format that you take and the structure of the story. You could go do a Google search on that and find all kinds of information about it. And, you know, to be fair, I also speak about it. I have spoken about it. But ultimately, I think we just need to remember that it's really about a story that creates an unemotional connection. So that's why I think it's so critical, just to answer your question, Cheryl, in 2022, because this is a time when we have gone through tremendous upheaval together. Our businesses have, we all have personally. And I think we need to have a sense of a a connection with each other. And I think this is especially true in a business context. We don't shut ourselves off. Like I think if one thing that the pandemic has reminded all of us is that we are whole people. You know, it's like we bring our whole selves to work with all of our emotions and everything else that makes us human. And so I think that in 2022, it's not just necessary from a business standpoint, but I think it's incumbent on all of us, like show up and show people who you are. Your products and your services are absolutely wonderful. But at the same time, I think your customers want to know, yes, about your products and services, what you have to offer, what you sell, but more importantly, who you are. And so I think of storytelling as an opportunity to do that. And I think it's so critical for us to do that in 2022. And I just wanted to add one other thing. I was in preparation for our conversation today. I was thinking to myself, what did I actually talk about when I was with you in Vegas a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago? 
And one of the things that I shared then really jumped out at me because I think it's even more relevant now than it was a few years ago when we were together in person. But I talked about building trust. So in other words, conveying through all of your marketing and sales processes, are you signaling trust to your audience? Because that's kind of baseline, right? You want to know that the company you're in business with, that you can trust them, that they'll be there for you long-term. But the second piece of that I talked about was building affinity, showing people who you are and showing them what you're all about, your people, your processes, like a little bit about you as a person working at this company. Because I think the affinity piece of it, do I like you? I think that matters a whole lot in marketing. So then I talked about trust and affinity, and I think that's still a cornerstone of our storytelling and of our marketing in 2022. How fortuitous. And we've all pointed to examples of where this pandemic experience accelerated so much of what might have already been underway, right? So there's been some capabilities and technologies that were here, but with the rise, I've described the pandemic as the great equalizer, right? All of a sudden in a weekend, all of us everywhere around the world found ourselves in the exact same circumstances at the exact same time. And what it also revealed, which I think is really relevant to your authenticity and affinity is it revealed a really beautiful humanitarian element of empathy and understanding and I describe it as let's not sweat the small stuff anymore. We used to be so wound tight and be awkward and anxious if a dog barked or a baby cried on a Zoom call. Now we want to meet the dog. We want to know the baby's (laughs) name. (laughs) There is this element that we definitely want to keep, right? So that authentic self, that ability to relate and connect and identify with a company and a brand. I couldn't agree with you more. It's more relevant than ever. Yeah, it's funny. It's, you know, just even listening to you talk, you know, I mean, how long have we been talking about how in a business to business situation, you're still human selling to humans. And so when I heard you, as you were talking a second ago, that's like, what was the phrase that was in my mind? I think we have now seen that come to life. And there is an actual business reason for naming the dog, for introducing the baby, because it speaks to who we are as people. And I guess if I were to put this like in marketing speak, right, it's really our brand. It's how we're showing up. It's how we do the work, which I think is as important as what we sell in the work that we do. Absolutely. A thousand percent. And to your point, it's just not ever going to go back, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is all about evolving and elevating our expectations and ultimately really successful B2B companies are a collection of people, right? And we're all bringing our B2C expectations, experiences to work with us. I'm personally pretty energized about this topic because I tell people I'm a big advocate of be real, be authentic. I'm not really good at being anything else other than just being authentic. (laughs) And if we can portray that and carry that in our messaging and in our content, in, in our engagements with our customer, it actually does help reinforce and create that authentic connection. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, one of the things we did, certainly a little bit out of necessity, and, you know, my dad used to always tell me necessity is the mother of invention, that we quickly mobilized a whole host of resources and webinars and education to our partner community around 
digital marketing and we called it digital first. And it really was one, just a way to organize ourselves that when we were all moving to a different way of operating, where we could provide them with assistance and extend some capabilities and resources that we had in the company. And we have a host of information that's located on our partner portal, and it's a guide and guidebooks. But we talk a lot about social media and the ability for just social selling, what your presence and engagement is in social It too is a real authentic way, I think, to connect and many of the principles around being honest, show your true self is there. What are your thoughts about social and in today's environment around what we've just been chatting, the role social can play? Yeah, I think social is huge. And in particular, there's a few areas that I've seen a lot of growth in the past two years, I I guess it is. And I think a lot of that is around, certainly, yes, webinars and the sort of social component to that. And what I mean by that is really using webinars as an opportunity to not only convey information, but also to hear back from the audience. So for example, like the chat component on a webinar or something like that, I think is a good opportunity to hear from the audience. But as relates specifically to social media and the growth of it and platforms, I think live video was, you know, we saw an explosion of that over the past two years. I spoke at an event not too long ago, and one of the speakers there referenced the fact that the video industry, live video and live webinars and using that opportunity to connect with your audiences has matured something like seven years in very few short months. And so I think that's absolutely true. We're seeing a whole lot more, especially in B2B. I mean, we're seeing it integrated into the funnel a whole lot more. I was thinking about the research that I referenced not too long ago, where we asked B2B marketers, what are you using? You know, sort of taking the temperature of where are you at with content marketing? And one of the things we asked them is, what are some of the social formats that you're using? And, you know, LinkedIn, of course, is always like the top social platform, I think, in B2B. But increasingly, it was live video on on LinkedIn. So really using that as an opportunity to connect more broadly with your audience. So I think that's been a, a huge factor. I think live video and then turning those into webinars that you can then keep in some sort of reference library or a partner portal in your case, like you mentioned. It's a great opportunity there, I think, to literally not just convey information, but to listen in and hear back from the audience as well, really making things much more interactive. So yeah, live video, I'm seeing a whole lot of, you know, I'm even starting to see, and Cheryl, this is a little bit weird for me because I'm not even sure really where this is going to go, but I'm also seeing some B2B rumblings, I guess I would call it, on TikTok of all places. And so I don't know if TikTok is on your radar at all or if you've experienced it, but it's interesting to me just to see, I'm starting to see some B2B companies sort of experimenting there. I don't know where that's going to go, but I do find it kind of interesting, you know, just to see it's, it's been such a B2C, I would call it, you know, much more of a B2C platform, but to see B2B try to use it in a way to connect with buyers now, but also future buyers, I think is kind of interesting. I think there's no question, you know, and you're going to see lines blur because a lot of the age group that's actively engaged in a TikTok community they're graduating college and getting jobs and they're working at places. And certainly if you look at the music industry, 
look at how many nationally recognized artists are actually dropping their music on TikTok, right? I mean, so it's, it can be viable and it's certainly going to be interesting. We're all just going to have to be, we describe curious learners in the company as something we need to all be. And I think that's just a, a fabulous example of, we need to be curious. Let's learn how it can be relevant and watch how it matures and where it may take us for certainty. And I think, you know, when you talk about LinkedIn and videos, I think it's another example of all of our expectations are just going up. So Mm -hmm. to keep someone interested and keep them engaged, they're not as enthusiastic to spend the time on a static piece of content as they're engaged by something video, right? I can hear you, see you, move. It's an element of engagement, right? And how you're going to keep someone's attention. And build their trust and affinity, like we were talking about, because you can literally see somebody and see whether they feel trustworthy to you. What are they saying and how are they phrasing things? By the way, I would say that podcasts are very similar. Like one of the reasons why I really enjoy podcasts like this one is that you get a sense of the people. You know, what the conversation we're having here is not scripted. You know, we're not... We're not reading it out like we might be like if we were scripted on stage or something like that. And so I do think that any opportunity you have to show who you are to your audience is a great one. So I think live video and podcasts and all of those things and then amplify them socially, I think is just such a tremendous use of the platform. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let me shift a little bit and take a different point of perspective, a little bit on your thoughts and personal experiences. You own your own business. You've navigated certainly the reality and the adjustments in the business context over the pandemic. But what I find most fascinating, I'd love to hear it. You operate in, advise and consult in digital marketing when all of a sudden the world needed it more than ever, right? Like everybody's pivoting to digital marketing and there's been a shift. So Just on a personal level, as a business owner, and as you've navigated it, what have you learned? What have you seen? Because I think we both can agree there's some aspects of this that are never going away. Part of this is we're going to be, I tell my team a lot, the business world is forever changed. And I think it's to the good. We're going to certainly go back to in-person gatherings and events. We're human beings. We're social creatures. We need that but we've all learned how much can be achieved and done efficiently and effectively. And everybody's work-life balance, I think, will go up when you can do these hybrid things. So I'd love to just hear your thoughts on how you've navigated your company over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's a big topic, but I'll just share two quick anecdotes. So one of the things that we learned, as you said, is like, you know, yes, we serve marketers and we have always been serving them almost exclusively through digital means, but also teaching them how to use digital tactics and strategies to grow their own businesses. And so that was definitely an area that we were already really comfortable in. And our audience was, I would say, looking to us for even more of it. For example, we saw webinar attendance go way up. Nothing had really changed in terms of how we were delivering the content, but we saw a whole lot more interest because again, suddenly everybody is home and it's like, how am I going to connect and how am I going to continue to evolve myself in my career at a time when we're so just trying to figure out how to navigate life. So we did see attendance go up. But there were two other things that I just wanted to mention that I think are really spoke to me about 
some of the changes that we saw and the importance of reacting to it. And I think it dovetails into what we've been talking about here today about how the world has changed. And the first was that in addition to educational opportunities, which we always have offered digital marketers, we did a few other things where we started to think about the mindset of our audience, of our customers, again, digital marketers, where are they right now and how are they feeling? And so we offered two opportunities to them, which we've continued. So one of them is mindfulness for marketers. So, you know, you're not going to come here to learn how to use LinkedIn. You're not going to come here to learn how to use Twitter or to produce webinars, but instead just come and learn how to be more mindful, balance your life, take a break. And so our Alan Weiss, who's the CEO of Marketing Profs, led a course in mindfulness for marketers. It was hugely impactful. We offered it for 100% free. You didn't have to be a paying member to access it. We really saw it as a service to the community. The second program that we offered, again, totally free. You don't have to be a paying member to access it. was a writing class by me based on some of my work. And again, just offering it as an opportunity to maybe work on something else that you now maybe have time to work on and that maybe you haven't thought about doing in the past. So writing for marketers and mindfulness for marketers just as totally free, like we thought of them as gifts to the community to help them sort of navigate this. And after we started that in 2020, and we've now repeated it in 2021, and we'll do it again in 2022. So it's just the kind of thing where I think it shifted our mindset as business owners who serve marketers. What else can we do for them? How can we show up in a way that would really convey that we are here for you in these unprecedented times, to use that hackneyed mm -hmm. phrase since 2020? So that was the one thing that we did. The second thing that just came to mind when you're asking me what shifts we needed to think about during the pandemic. And I think it relates to the conversation we we're having a minute ago, just about webinars and their use in marketing. One of the things we realized is that having a bunch of recorded webinars is fantastic as a resource center, like thinking about them always on demand is really helpful because there's this massive library, whatever you need is there. But the other thing that we realized from a marketing standpoint is that people wanted to do it together. <laughs> you know, we had to have some sort of trigger to action to get people to show up at a specific time. We had the chat on so that while they're experiencing the content, they could also experience being in an audience or the closest we could get to it. And so we started running all of our programs that way. We always had the chat on. We always made it a thing. Even if something is pre-recorded, by the way, we used to show it live. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so Absolutely. and so having that trigger and having that social component kind of embedded in what we were doing, those are two major changes that we made last year that I think ultimately made the business stronger. Well, and it's just an acknowledgement to a bit of the reality, right? It's being authentic. You know the team needs it. It's that humanitarian thing I described, right? Let's give back. It's okay to be our whole selves and we need to be empathetic and understanding that everybody is at home navigating something a little different, right? While we're all trying to be as productive as ever. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you, I know we're kind of running at the bottom here, but I'm going to share with you what I do with everyone. I always love winding things down a little bit. So tell us a fun fact about you. Tell us something about and that wouldn't be on your resume, your colleagues might not know. What's a fun fact? Wow. I feel like I'm an open book. So let me think about this for a second. <laughs> Let's see. Actually, maybe my colleagues might know, but maybe not all of them know. I am completely obsessed with my Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. 
He's a year and a half old. You know, I've owned dogs for a long time, Cheryl, probably 20 years or so. But this little boy is like so special to me. And he's just a great guy. He's a pandemic puppy. And so while I'm having this conversation with you, I had to leave him in the other room, just like sequestered away with other people who are babysitting him because he is just so, he's so needy. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's such a great boy. So yeah, I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with my dog. Proud to well, own it. Look, That's you found, <laughs> you found another source that you never knew you could love so much, right? I have a grand pup that is also my pandemic puppy that came to me during the pandemic. It's my son's dog that somehow she has now adopted me and I have adopted her. And now I have a dog at home who loves, oh. she's, I've kind of, turned into her she's turned into a little bit of a ham she likes to get on zoom and join the camera at the most inopportune time so i have her laying down in bed right now too so this can be quiet <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah that's so funny i feel like that your dog and my dog are probably you know separated at birth because um he has this uncanny ability to really always know where the camera is you know so 100 percent I call him my supermodel because he just always can work the camera no matter what. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you, Anne, it's been a delight. I am so excited to hear your voice again. Can't wait to see you in person. And I'm a big fan of the work you do. And thanks so much for being here with us. Oh, I am a fan of yours, Cheryl. So thank you so much. I'm really honored just to spend these few minutes with you. Well, Anne, what an absolute pleasure. Thank you again for taking the time to speak with us. I know our partners are going to really enjoy hearing from you. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and give us your feedback. And join us in the next couple of weeks for our next episode of The Partner Connection. Until then, be safe and stay well. 